listening to the Franchise Podcast Network, presented by Lucky Star Casino. KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, entertaining you since 1965. Now, the Road to OKC Softball Show with Ryan Chapman and former Sooner National Champion and current OKC Spark pitcher Alex DeRocco on your home for the Sooners, 1077, the franchise. Hello, happy Wednesday. It's that time. It's your favorite time of the week. My favorite time. It's the road to OKC. Ryan Chapman here alongside the great Alex Straco. Alex, hi, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm here. I'm here. I am actually a little sad today. Usually I'm super pumped, but today I'm checking in to road to OKC with great FOMO. Because this weekend, Oklahoma is heading out to one of the marquee events on the softball calendar. They are preparing to fly west to the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. The weather will be good here, and I will just have to be content with, I'll probably go and take my iPad and go sit out on my balcony with Flo and try to be like, it, look, it's nice, it's warm, it's not too breezy, but I'm not in California where you will be. Is you'll be taking all these games in in person. So I, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little jealous of you on this Wednesday. I've only had been checking the weather app for the last, I don't know, month. And that's supposed to be 74 the entire weekend. I am sounds tough. pumped. It sounds super tough. Thankfully, we should be blessed with what looks like to be a pretty good weather weekend here. Although it's going to be kind of odd as you know, a lot of people will be up in Stillwater for Bedlam. On the men's side, a lot of people be in Norman for Bedlam on the women's side as far as the squeaky sneakers goes, but uh, the softball will be absolutely rolling. But we are early on that. We will close the show talking about Mary Nutter previewing all that fun stuff because, Alex, we have not gotten to talk on these airwaves since Oklahoma headed out to Lake Charles. Another successful weekend for the Sooners, Alex, 5-0. and it extends the winning streak that you won't talk about, but I will, to 62 games. Are you allowed to talk about it now, by the way, that you've graduated out? You're not in the locker room? I mean, I think so. Okay. I, I just don't bring it up to the roster girls. Yeah, you don't bring it up to the yeah. current ones. But I, we did on, what was it, Monday? Is We officially passed uh, the last time Oklahoma lost a softball game over a calendar year. It, it's absolutely bonkers, and it's nuts. Yeah, I, I honestly, like have faint memories of that day where yeah. it was like everyone just kind of looked at each other for a while and we weren't really sure what to do and then we were like started like it was a bus ride home from Baylor right after that so you're like okay like are we allowed to talk on the bus are we not and then everyone started like kind of talking and then everyone's still looking at each other a little odd so I don't know glad that's a year ago who's who was the first one to speak was it did you was there someone that you were like, when this person talks, I'm allowed to talk, but not until they say a word? No, I don't know who. It had to have been the front of the bus, which is like the underclassmen, because I remember all the just seniors and, and grad students just being like, looking at each other like, is this allowed? Is this good? Are we good? So I just remember that, the awkwardness of like, okay, what's allowed? Should we not be happy? Should we just move past it? Um and obviously, a couple of us had come from other programs where you're like, we weren't allowed to hug our parents after a loss. So 
obviously I was like, okay, I'm not really sure what to do here. What do we do? Is that, I know you guys don't know what to do, but what do we do? Do you not go over that protocol when, when you like get in during fall ball? Coach Gasso's not like, okay, so here's how we behave after the one game this year that we're going to lose. And then right. from there. But what's funny is like everyone looked at the older girls because like they were around more when there was a couple more losses on the calendar. So they're like, okay, what's good or not? And I'm also looking at those older girls. I'm like, okay, what's good or not? Like, what are we supposed to do? But that wasn't really a problem for the rest of the year, so we really didn't have to have that discussion. Something you didn't have to get very used to, it, it seems. I, I'm just, I don't want to, I don't mean to be this person, Alex, uh, but I am noticing a trend. This team got through the second weekend without dropping a loss. Which person who's no longer with the team, are you blaming that? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Obviously not. Oklahoma heads out to the Cowgirl Challenge in Lake Charles. Two wins over Central Arkansas, both in run rule fashion. One win over Lamar in run rule fashion. The Central Arkansas games were Friday and Sunday. The Saturday, I don't know if morning's the right word, but the first game on Saturday was that Lamar victory. Then a pair of wins over McNeese State, a McNeese State team we talked about who uh, pushed Washington to the brink, were just one extra out away uh, at any point in that seventh inning from going to Super Regionals, an 8-1 victory over McNeese State on Friday, a pretty good performance for Oklahoma, and then a very, very weird 3 nothing win on Saturday evening. Ten runners left on base. Two, Most of that came from two instances uh, where the bases were left juiced. So overall, as you take it a step back and you look at it, what, what was your big reaction coming off of the, the five wins from this uh, past weekend as Oklahoma didn't have the... What now, Washington is fourth in the coaches' poll. Duke is eighth. They didn't have those marquee matchups, but a kind of a mixed bag of three-run rules, two-not. Patty Gasso honed in on, on that Saturday game, specifically against Big Knees Stadium. It was, it was an interesting weekend to try to assess, just uh, all in one go. Honestly, with the whole weekend, with, like, I guess my little PTSD of weekend two last year, I kind of held my breath just because it's like, okay, there was not really a game circled or a matchup circled, but, like, is this the weekend that has that little curse? Is it not? And of course, like, OU fans are spoiled and just we don't get to appreciate the little wins um, like maybe other programs get to. So there's frustration in the 3-0 and uh, win. Might I capitalize? A win. We're frustrated with the win. Um, which I get that now being on the other side of it. But also, too, um, I was really excited that in this kind of weekend, Coach Gasso got to flirt with a little bit of different um, lineups. Um, and I think that little shakeup was a little something that the lineup really needed. So I was excited to see that um, kind of jumpstarted Jada, um, which was exciting and I think exactly the purpose of all of it um, with a few other things and just being able to see who could step up and in those shakeups within the lineup and stuff. And I was really excited to see um, Ludd. In those in those moments, uh, Boone had a great great weekend. Shocker there, um, and just a lot of those other positions that really kind of stepped up. So, um, great weekend. Yeah, it was Saturday where Riley Boone bats lead off in both of those games. Um, I, I was just really interested to see because you saw not just Jada get moved down, but Tiari got moved down a little bit too on Saturday, and uh, I thought it was one of those situations if maybe. Jada specifically, who who we've talked about, um, we talked about last week, that Jada Coleman's going to put up Jada Coleman numbers. In 2024, Jada Coleman's going to be great. She's going to be a National Player of the Year candidate. I have no worry about any of that. It's been two weekends. Just look and see what she did defensively this weekend, which was 
cover the earth. Like, it, it seemed like there was no ball that was out of her range, whether it was in left center, right center, stuff like that. So no concern about Jada. She just overswings early in the season. It, it feels like she is so excited to get the season going that she wants to to start the thing off with a bang. And it felt like being able to move her down in the lineup, maybe she sees everybody else have some success and she's not having that excitement of leading off a game. I wonder if, if Patty Gasso had almost in a way hoped that either A, she's stepping into a rally if she's batting in the first inning, or B, maybe she, the ball has found her and she's able to make some defensive plays to, to kind of get her going. But it, it seemed like that settled her because then back Sunday, it was right back up as usual. Tiara was batting where you expect Tiara to bat. Jada was batting where she expects to bat. And uh, I think that that was good for them. I've just been really impressed. And I wonder how much, like, Patty Gasso has spoke glowingly of Riley Ludlam. I wonder how refreshing it is to have a player like her that comes in. Riley Ludlam's not chasing numbers she put up from last year or chasing the specter of winning four straight championships because it's almost, like, I I don't want to classify it as a just happy to be here thing because that's underselling Riley Ludlam. But she's so just trying to soak everything in and live at bat to at bat. I wonder how much... Patty Gasso and JT Gasso like going, she's just trying to go hit the ball hard. She doesn't care if it goes over the fence or finds a gap. Just do what she does and how much of a lesson and how instructive that is to the veterans who have been there, done that, got the T-shirt and owe a couple of rings. Yeah, absolutely. I think seeing that um, can be just so refreshing too because, um, like you said, it's not a player that's playing with, you know, that little bit of, like, untalked about pressure um, but also just someone who's taking every moment in as it is and not making it bigger than what it is in that moment. And so when you have that, um, I think it's just nice to see out of a player and really just appreciating everything and not taking a second for granted. Um, and I know none of the vets are doing that, but you do kind of succumb to the pressure at times where it's just like, dang, like we've done all this, like that's really cool, but what's next kind of deal. And so I'm, I'm glad that there's that kind of refresher in that. Um, and I feel like honestly, like bringing any kind of transfer in to OU this past couple of years has kind of added that value as well, just because OU is where it's at at the top of the top. And so no matter where you're transferring in from, I feel like any kind of perspective brings that in a way. Um, just because you you just have to have a couple of those pinch me moments, and I'm for sure guilty with, of those. No matter what kind of awards I had or or moments that I I um, overcame and stuff, and so um, I love seeing those kinds of stories. Um, obviously, I'm biased, but um, and just seeing her and Lud just taking in all of that, and seeing her interview um, with the presser this week too was just really funny. She's laughing with every answer, and she's just like so happy to be there and. and in, in the most refreshing way, not a cliche way. Yeah, it's um, going all the way back to like, I, when you, if you go and watch that, which I mean, all that stuff is, allsurge.com is a great place to find that stuff. Sorry. Uh, but if you go and watch it, like, Patty Gasso tells the story of, of Riley answering the phone and it being like two or three rounds of, you're not Coach Cat. Who, who is this? Like, who is this? I wanted to see, like, coaches react after like the second or third time just being like no no no, like it's actually me like I imagine it went probably of Riley Ludlam being like funny haha to like oh crap now now like I'm just dead silent and coach having to be like okay he let's let's reopen this relate let's let's take two this is actually me let's let's start this phone call from the top no stuff like that but I I just imagine and, and I don't know if you would know this just from like 
reflecting with like Nicole May. But when you step in, you're a veteran of college softball, but learning how Coach Rocha wants to do things and just how Oklahoma operates practice and Nicole May stepping or Jordy stopping and be like, oh, yeah, hold on. Instead of being head in the clouds with the big stuff, it's like, no, no, we need to be over here for this. And this is how Coach Rocha wants us to do this and that. It feels like that must be like a really great reminder of the day to day of like, I, I'm, I'm not able to have think about last year's pressure, stuff like that. If I'm just trying to help new teammates, whether they're true freshmen or, or veteran, you know, graduate transfers coming in and be like, no, 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 this is where we stand for this bit. Now we're going to go do this. Uh, we do triathlon. What's up with, you know, just all the little stuff that I'm sure they're like, yeah, we just do this. It's like teaching it over and over again to, to a new crop of faces. Yeah. Nicole May was my like Holy grail last year. Um, and what made it cool too was like she was so open to doing it. Like she volunteered herself and just was like, oh yeah, if you need help, like whatever, like this is how we do stuff. And I love that. Whether that came to just the beginning stuff of like literally where we stand um, and how the triathlon worked or when it came to breaking down batters within a film, like she really helped me and we compared notes because her and I specifically too had a lot of the similar pitches and we had a lot of similar attack modes. Um, so it's cool too to see Riley reflect and like be grateful for Kinsey Hansen as well and knowing that Kinsey is so helpful and really um, teaching her every minute, every second of the practice and, and Riley being so grateful and being a sponge to all of that. And I think that's huge. It's it's a two-way street when it comes to that kind of greatness. It's, it's the um, receiving and then it's also the giving of all of it too. And I think it, it means uh, a lot when you have players at that level wanting to give um, – more to the rest of the teammates and make everyone great around them. You had some other great performances. Ella Parker finally got one to sneak over the fence. Not that um, Ella has been anything other than exceptional except as a true freshman. I continue to just be almost in awe of like how disciplined she is at the plate for a freshman of how comfortable she's just looking in and just say, yeah, I'll, I'll draw. I think she's up to six walks on the year through two weekends. A really incredible there. And, and then a pair of pitchers that had some really nice showings. No nerves from Nicole May, no nerves from Kelly Maxwell, no nerves from Carly Keeney. They all worked that out. Peyton Monticelli showed the same stuff. But you got to see a bounce-back performance from Kirsten Deal as she stepped in, pitched the complete five innings, ten strikeouts against Lamar in that first game on Saturday. Someone that obviously you you played with. What did you see from her as, as she admittedly uh, yesterday? Yeah, the day so together. Yesterday was like, yeah, I was nervous in, in Mexico, which I think is totally understandable from a player that, had a big close to the season, but still, if you look at it, pitched under 30 innings total, kind of this weird, like, you feel like you've arrived, but still got to go and through it. She straightened herself out in a big way. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that shift that you probably have seen is just that confidence in the mound and just that um, sureness in herself. Um, and I think that definitely goes back to probably preparation. I'm sure she threw a ton of innings during the week, um, uh, two batters, just to, like, okay, imagine a different offense. Imagine, like, you've seen a different offense now. Like, imagine them in the box, even though you are facing Oklahoma hitters, which is entirely different. But I think I saw that kind of, like, swagger, that confidence, that that attitude from KD, which she has all of it and I love. Um, so when she gets into that mode, it's she gets to that, that stat line that she shows is 10Ks and five innings. And I was really, really excited for her, um, as well as SJ. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I was so, so pumped for her um, getting her debut, getting getting just any kind of recognition um, because I know last year I can't even imagine, um, but she played such a good role. Um, even if it wasn't on the field, she helped Coach Rocha with film. She helped us with film. She helped 
um, pick up little like hints with batters within at bats within the game. So when you're that locked in um, on a different side of the game, it brings a whole nother level. So I can only imagine how she's applying to that um, while pitching and stuff. So I was really excited to see her and this, her excitement. She showed some emotion on the mound, which um, if you know SJ, she's very soft-spoken and, and she's kind of quiet. And so I was so pumped that she's, she's fist pumping and giving that extra um, praise to the catchers. And it was just super exciting just to see her and see her being celebrated, not only by just her teammates, the, the coaches, the fans, like I saw it all over social. Um, so I was just really, really pumped for her. Yeah, she got into that uh, second McNeese State game, the Saturday night game. Patty Gasso had said yesterday they had a very intentional plan. They wanted to toss her in, give her literally just two batters, give her a little, little, just a little bit of taste of it, and then they were going to circle back and hopefully give her uh, something similar on Sunday against Central Arkansas. Patty Gasso then talked about the fact that she just started cruising so well that they were just like, no, just leave her, keep her trucking along. Then they looked up and went, Oh crap! We're about to run real estate. We want to get some other pitchers, and that's the only reason that SJ came out. Um, I, I I think that's just huge, just because we saw this in the fall um, when you've got SJ and you've got Peyton. It brings kind of a little bit of a, a different look, just as far as of they come in and throw some gas. It, it feels like it's at least from what we saw in the fall. I don't know if they're got the full repertoire that they're not kind of working with, but what we saw was uh, come in for a little short burst, give you a, a kind of a a different look than what even Nicole May or, or Kelly Maxwell or Carly Keeney's throwing just as far as the, the velocity at which they, they just kind of chuck it by you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's really cool just because she also adds a lefty aspect. I feel like that's so rare to have such a complete um, pitching staff, but then have three lefties on there. Um, it's just really exciting. And like you said, I think SJ and Peyton are both going to be very big situational pitchers this year. Um, so as soon as they buy into that and they're they're ready to take on that inning, those couple of batters, that's going to be huge and, and a really big part of the long run when it comes to the grand scheme of things. And Patty Gasso talked about that yesterday, that they now, she had said coming into the season, they're going to use all six pitchers. But when, when you put on tape, that SJ went, what is that, three and a third total combined across the weekend. Now it's almost like a signal to everyone going into the Marinata, like, we will use this pitcher. We're not just saying that we're going to use six pitchers and you only scout five and you try to learn the six on the fly. Like, it's now a, hey, you're going to have to try and figure out Nicole May, Carly Keener, Kelly Maxwell, which, good luck if that's the only one that you're preparing for. Oh, on top of that, you've got, here's the deal, who also is someone that Oklahoma's comfortable starting. Then you've got two very different pitchers in, in Peyton and SJ that you can change speeds with quite literally. It becomes just a preparation nightmare, especially for everyone that's not Mississippi State because Mississippi State gets Oklahoma up first. Everybody else has to prepare for other teams. And then, oh, by the way, uh, Oklahoma rolls through. Good luck. I guess everyone prepares for Oklahoma, just works for the other stuff. Real quick, going back to Kirsten, something that I didn't really know how to ask her, so I just didn't yesterday. Um Last year, she was, let's say, methodical as far as getting the ball back, delivery, things like that. There's now the more heavily enforced pitch clock. When you talk about the the nerves from the first weekend, how much do you think that not only trying to match what she did, but also working on a little bit faster clock? Because, like, Nicole's very, like, I'm just going to go, and you better be in the box ready to rock. Like, I I don't think that, like, Nicole May is someone that's going to be worried about the pitch clock as much. I don't know how much, how little or, or what uh, it would have affected Kirsten, but 
Uh, Patty talked last week about some, the hitters. Oklahoma's hitters are very methodical. Kinsey Hansen loves to mess with the pitcher, and I don't think Kinsey cares about being comfortable. I think if you're a fast worker, she wants to step out three times and make you wait on Kinsey and let the moment sink in for you because she's just like, I'm going to hit a home run and go grab a burger or whatever. But uh, I wonder how much, like, for, for Kirsten, that's an adjustment, too, of not just the other nerves, but also, oh, by the way, you're going to work a lot faster than maybe you did a year ago. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure about the time clock, whether that's that stops as soon as motion is or if it's release point. Um, but I do know that a big, big point within all pitchers um, that is talked about within the the staff is rhythm and tempo. Um and so everyone has a different rhythm, a different tempo. Last year we got quizzed. We had to pick out a song and you had to match it, a p- match a song to kind of what you think your, your like pitching motion is, which was, which was really interesting. And I, I think I had the hardest time with it. Uh, what would you land on? Uh, Homecoming by Kanye. Nice. Yep. So that nice. was, that was it, my. Did they include like the, the pause? Like you're just like, yeah. you have to stop mm-hmm. and then you go, I like it. Yeah. It was like a, it was, um like a quick beginning and then it got into a beat. I don't know. It's yeah. We got really deep into it. If you know the song, you get it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, that was my song. And, um, there was a couple games where I'm like, Oh oh my gosh, I need to, I need to hear the song. I need to hear the song. Um, I even thought about changing my walkout to it. Um, at one point it was a walkout option for me, but, um, I had to like go sneak into a bathroom and like listen to the song or during a break, go listen to the song or after a bullpen, go listen to the song just to like, be in that area of mindset and stuff. So I think that's a big play also with the whole tempo, the rhythm. You're going to have May that's a little faster. I was a little quicker on the mound. Um, Jordy had her her little swing and then she went and, and Katie's a little bit slower. I think everyone kind of has a different kind of tempo, a different speed. And I think that also not only affects them, but as well as the defense too. Um, and just their pre-pitch um, thought, their pre-pitch um, ability, their timing. Um, so as soon as you get it off of that tempo, that's when things kind of go haywire. And like I get in trouble if I go too slow. I get in trouble if I go too fast. It's kind of like that that perfect little middle ground is like the sweet spot, um, which you don't think about within pitching, but obviously I'm getting a little nerdy about this, but I think that's what also makes pitching so intricate and so fun at the same time, because you don't know all the little details that go into maybe a pitch clock or um, things of that nature. I'm so curious as to how the pitch clock would feel. I'm glad I got out of the college landscape before it, you know, I don't know, affected that additional area, I guess. I don't think I would have a problem, but I'm curious as to what the pitchers would feel. Um, I might have to have a couple conversations and and see what people think um, now with this pitch pitch clock. I I think something else that will probably help everyone, whether you work quickly, slow, things like that. Um, They talked about on the broadcast uh, for the Puerto Vallarta uh, challenge, but... The pitch clock at Puerto Vallarta was kept only by the umpire. So it's not like it was up there for you to see. It looked like at McNeese State they had a visible pitch clock somewhere. And I know everyone's different and I am a scrub. But like if, if I were someone having that visual thing where like instead of me trying to count to 20 or get into my run, if, if I like look up and see, even if there's like three seconds left, I'm someone that like if I can just see it, I'm instantly like calm because I just I like know everything about it and things like that. I wonder how much the first weekend having that unknown of it being feeling a bit arbitrary because it's like just someone telling you versus I'm pretty sure every stadium 
Mary Nutter might be a little bit different this weekend, but once you get into like Big 12 play and certainly at Love's Field throughout the postseason and at the World Series, the pitch clock will be up for it'll be visible for everyone. I wonder how much that will help pitchers um, just in case they get off rhythm. It's You're not reliant on like in your head of how much time has gone by? Is the umpire about to ding me for it? Like it's going to be like pretty black and white. It's up there. Everyone can see it. You, you know what you're working with. I feel like I wouldn't like seeing it. Yeah, you'd be like, oh gosh, you'd I'm, feel the I'm pressure. Like, yeah, like rushing myself in, in a way. I'm like, oh crap, I only have five seconds. So I remember when there was a couple time changes before, um, earlier in my college career, which was a long time ago, with a lot of that stuff, we had to time uh, uh, our timing with everything. And I had a ton of time before. So I'm curious as to how it would affect me, but I feel like I wouldn't like seeing it. Like I'm not. We do a lot of like number stuff, and I just yeah. don't like seeing like results because then I would be one to like over adjust. So I feel like I wouldn't like it. And there's also we didn't really talk about, it, but the new uh, communication device on your arm, which is something that I'm sure everyone was. It was adjustment to everyone of not just like hey, it's there and stuff like that. And so I, I think a lot of pitchers across the country, not just Kirsten Deal, could be forgiven for so many moving parts between, especially if you're working with a new team, but like pitch clock, the new communication devices, all that stuff. It feels like a. It, if you're just watching the game, it might look exactly the same, but for those in the circle and those in the dugout, it feels like a lot changed all at once. Well, I'm sure everyone's favorite rule change, too, is that you don't have to keep both feet on the ground, so I'm sure that's the one they're worried about, right? Well, I, that that's why I caution everyone at Alex Storacco on Twitter, whether you love it, whether you hate it, send everything to you and then I, I'll deal with all the obstructions because then I'll just apply no one knows what obstruction is. The umpires don't. And so then you take I'll be the easy done. way out. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> now you're getting it. Now it took her a couple of weeks, but she figured it out. She figured it out for sure. That was all the good from uh, this past weekend. I thought Pettigast had some pretty interesting comments yesterday about what she wants to see out of this team moving forward. We're going to dive into that here in a second. But first, just a quick word from one of our great sponsors, Resilient Softball. With softball season just firing up, we're right around the corner still in some spots. You just need to make sure that you have all the equipment that allows you to perform your very best. And that equipment is Resilient. Let me tell you about Resilient Softball. It's an Oklahoma-based company that produces innovative high-quality softball products such as Goldilocks or evolutionary patented glove design that ensures the perfect fit for every player. So if you want to take your game to the next level, buy Resilient Softball gear at either Gregory Sporting Goods in Moore or visit them online, www.resilientsfbl.com. That's www.resilientsfbl.com. Com. That's Alex Straco. I'm Ryan Chapman. This is Throw to OKC here on 17 the franchise. Like we said, on the other side, some interesting comments from Patty Gasso motivating the squad, trying to get the best out of them as they head out to the Mary Nutter Challenge. We'll dive into all that and more coming up on the other side. Stick with us. You're listening to the Road to OKC Softball Show with Ryan Chapman and former Sooner National Champion and current OKC Spark pitcher Alex Dorocco on your home for the Sooners, 1077, the franchise. Welcome back. It's Throw to OKC. Ryan Chapman alongside the superstar, Alex Storacco. Um, Alex, here in a second, we're going to dive into, I thought Patty Gasso had a fascinating press conference yesterday talking about the mindset of kind of a coach trying to motivate a team that's chasing down history yet again. But before we do any of that, you and I were talking 
uh, yesterday, today, at some point, I don't know. The days all run together. My brain is mush. I'm not smart enough to hold, keep up with all this. But uh, it sounds like there's some uh, fun stuff coming down the pipe for the Oklahoma City Spark here o- over the next uh, couple of uh, days. Stuff like that. I, I, I know you're not authorized to give the full thing, but uh, if you're looking for some Spark news, the uh, date of the season opener has been announced. We have talked about the slate being at Hall of Fame Stadium, but uh, it, do you have a little nugget? Do you, do you have something that you can throw out here so that so that I can uh, chew on this? I, I'm good at guessing things, as you found out over the last couple of days. Yeah, you have been good at guessing some stuff, but the Spark has released some, some key information. We're still looking to drop some in the next couple of uh, days, maybe down hours at this point. Um, I know um, OKC uh, Spark Twitter dropped a little hint I'm here to also drop a little hint that we may or may not be um, announcing an additional player that's signing with us this mm-hmm. week. She might have played for Team USA. Oh, oh, that's new. That is new for me. Um, that's it, all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to say. In in uh, Olympian, yes, Team USA Olympian, or just Team USA in general. Are we allowed? Are we allowed to parse through or? You can you can go through rosters on yourself. Okay. On your own time. Are we talking also like, paired with the Twitter hint? Yes. On the Twitter. Yeah, that's important too. Are we I'm gonna ask a clarifying question and feel free to just tell me no, Ryan, if I cannot know these things. But uh, is it a situation where there are a lot of like team USA select teams and there's like the team USA national team? Because like they, they they've taken like different versions of Team USA across the, some of the summer tournament stuff like that. Do we mean like the the Team USA team? Okay, okay. I, I just wanted to, I wanted to double check. I hate Ohio State, but the... Uh, did you not... Were you allowed to to say the, the the? Is that something that you're allowed to from Michigan, or is that not a, a thing? No, I just... I was in the era of Ohio State trying to trademark the word the with the university, and I'm just not a fan of it. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. So, yeah, if you be... if First off, if you're not following the spark... What are you doing? How are you a fan of softball in this state and not hang out with the Spark? But go to OK City Spark. That's the Twitter handle. OK City Spark. If you have trouble finding that because we've given it to you, uh, we have both retweeted the hand. I'm sure you have. Yes. It's also in my bio on like all social media. Yes. As yes, well. yes, 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 yes. So. Um, but just glad also to just provide this awesome product of softball. And it doesn't only end in June. It's going until July folks well that, that's the best part we, we talked about this a ton last summer is that i we see this right through as someone that you nerded out over pitching which is way cooler than i'm about to nerd out over i sit on the other side of a laptop and see numbers of hey this many people have clicked on this story this many people have watched this video and oklahoma softball is a huge 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 driver but it ticks up ticks up ticks up and it just becomes a frenzy in june there's no reason it has to go away. You you kick really into softball mode. There's nothing else going on. Uh, We're at the same spot. Yes. Same spot, Hall of Fame Stadium. You know where to go. Exactly. You know where to go. Come hang out and go see Alex. Like I told Alex, uh, prom prom, I'll be uh, hanging out with you. Well, not with you guys, but like I'll just be around. And then Alex will be avoiding me. She's like, we. my contract is done. Please leave. But uh, it'll be a ton of fun. It'll be a ton of fun. I Cannot wait. All right, let's dive back into Oklahoma softballs. We're not to June and July quite yet. A long way to get to June, and you don't want to be playing your best softball in February. Everyone knows that. No one's hanging any banners this weekend, and if you are, I would like to know what those banners are. I'm very curious, and maybe we need to have a conversation about what's happening. But 
Patty Gasso not uh, upset. Maybe is putting it a little bit strong for like the tone that she talked about. Maybe in practice it felt like Patty Gasso was upset, but she was pretty frank yesterday. Uh, a lot of different comments, but the one that stuck out to me, she let off her press conference where anyone asked her any questions. So just what is on top of mind is usually how I kind of read that. She talked about how Oklahoma was good enough this past weekend to win, not up to their standards. This is something that she talks about a lot in the preseason. Um, I can't tell you how many different versions, Alex, of sitting in the press conferences after the first couple of weekends, you get the the stories of, I asked the team to rank how they thought they played, and I got a lot of fours, I got a lot of fives, I got some sixes. I think I've heard three different versions of that, which is effective. That's why it keeps happening. Uh, and, and then uh, when I followed up a little bit later, she, she went on a really kind of long tangent just about this is a team that um, what what do you say to a team that has so many pieces that have won national championships and the way that I like phrase it talking to somebody else is if you go through college softball right now this year there is Oklahoma players who have won national championships the only other players playing in the sport right now that are not on Oklahoma's current roster are Oklahoma transfers who have left those are the only other people that have rings that have lifted the trophy at the end of the season that is how long Oklahoma has dominated because you think about it the COVID crew your Riley Boone's your Kinsey Hansen's uh, the only time they didn't lift a trophy is because the season was shut down for COVID everybody else either you're in Oklahoma sooner right now or you've transferred out of Oklahoma those are the only people in college softball that have won titles that that are currently playing and and so it becomes that how do you motivate that and we know that Patty Gasso has a streak in her that uh, she she can get you out there we've seen in the years past I don't know if it was your guys' team but in 2022, she talked about, like, finding chores around the complex as far as, like, duties and stuff like that. Is that something that you guys experienced last year early in the season? No, but I heard stories, and I, it felt like it was, you know, tell tell your darkest stories and haunt what haunts you. And those stories for sure came up. Yeah, and the, the example she used for us where stuff is, like, raking and shaking, stuff like that. I'm sure that it went far, far deeper than that. But um, it, it becomes really interesting, like, for you... What was your experience the first couple of weekends, especially coming off the Getterman Classic last year where you guys dropped the singular game to Baylor, then head out to Mary North? What changes in those practices when, when Coach Gasso decides that she wants to be way more involved in stopping everything that's not perfect, raising the intensity? Like, what does that look like from the coaching staff perspective when they're trying to ratchet the intensity up on you guys? Yeah, Coach is a really big advocate for keeping your house in order. Like, that is a common phrase for her. Um and so, like like I said, I've I've heard the stories of them having to wash the um, mats of the outfit field wall and cleaning the the locker room and and that types of stuff. But when it comes down to it, um, coach is just so I don't know. She's very particular, but she has a way of words with with it all that it's not yelling at you. It's not. It's just like, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. I think the biggest thing too is. They're undefeated. There's no nothing that's kind of lighting the fire underneath them. Um, I think last year, when you look back at the loss, it kind of lit a fire. It lit kind of. I remember after that, we had a couple just team only meetings um, in the classroom, and it was like, okay, what do we need to break down? Where are we going wrong? Mind you, this is after a loss, one singular one. loss. <laughs> one. You and, guys were what seven and one or eight and one after two weekends, right? And when I tell you, it was like the house was on fire in the most civil way. Like there was no panic. It was just like, okay, let's look in the mirror. What what can we do better? Where did we kind of go wrong? And, and what's the situation? Um, 
We're not going to blame it on Kinsey being out. I don't think that's a factor. Um, we kind of looked at ourselves eternally, um, I guess, within the locker room. It wasn't really between the foul lines, I think, was a big, um, like, looking at ourselves in the mirror aspect, um, which might be shocking, like, also for me, too, just reflecting on it and, like, looking back to what we accomplished and how close we became in those four or five months. And so I think that maybe a little bit harder to maybe light that kind of fire of internal reflection within the team when you don't have a loss to like be the blame for it. Um, and it can be just that lack of a, like, there's no like stakes. That's why I'm excited for the Mississippi state game. It's their first, like in two weeks, their first like bigger ish game, the crowd, they get to get amped up for, I feel like I really haven't seen a lot of personality out of the team yet. Um, which I feel like, slowly amped up last year no matter how hot twitter got over us using emotion or I, showing that i think the closest this year's team has gotten to that is it may have flown under the radar i don't know how many people were locked in on sunday but it was it was a walk-off walk against central arkansas it was jada who had stepped in it was not the typical jada walk but it's the first time that you've seen any real like fire outside of maybe I can think of like an Alyssa Brito walk in Puerto Vallarta, but you haven't even really seen that kind of stuff up to this point where Oklahoma is celebrating the little things unapologetically them, all, all the stuff that we got to know from, from what coach and you guys talked about last year. I feel like we haven't seen any of that really yet. This right. Year. And like, I feel like this season yet hasn't really given, given them the reason to completely a hundred percent buy into a message every year they pick a message and it somehow evolves like eyes up kind of evolved and 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 just each little thing you kind of nibble at and then it grows into something way bigger um i remember one kind of trip that kind of sticks out to me in memory was the ohio trip um first of all the girls all thought we were going to miami for softball and i was like Mm-mm, amazing miami of ohio um <laughs> They're like, double check Ohio? the schedule. What do you think the OH stands yeah. for? There? Double check it. Right. No. Um, and I was like, yeah, I know Ohio, worst state ever, but it's okay. Um, so that was like one part of it. But then it was kind of at that point where it was kind of a lull. They didn't know who they were really playing. And, and, and just because of not really being in the Midwest, they didn't know where the Midwest was. It's just, it's funny in that aspect. Um, so like you just pick something to like, get fired up on and and coach kind of talked to us to be like hey like we can't we can't kind of do that that's kind of out of character but it's like it's something that kind of like kept us motivated to keep the fire keep pouring it on I feel like they haven't had that moment of keep pouring it on like they're they got a team backed in the corner and they just keep kind of pushing the gas pedal I feel like they're like in a way yep okay we got eight runs cool they've been they've been economical run rules that's what I've kind of called them of like you got to eight, which is exactly what you needed. And you're like, okay, cool. That is not the the 15 or, or the six you, you, where, where it just feels like um, I sat through in 2021, I think at the height of this, I will never forget the 20 run inning against Texas Tech where I was just like, guys, you've run ruled this team twice in one inning, basically. Like it, it, somebody, you can just ground, you can bounce this one out where it's like the third inning. We got to do a couple more. And, and like, we, I, I don't think I saw really a ton of those like that big last year until um, you got deep into conference play where it kind of felt like that. And then the competition kind of raised up a little bit as, as 
the Texas series and Bedlam's backloaded. I don't think you've seen any of that this year. Where like the Utah Valley, because it was so game one, but then since then, even the run rules have just been like the Long Beach State game. Like that should have been a run rule. It it should have been a run rule. It was eleven to three. It was comfortable. They were never going to lose. But if the team is firing, that should have been. 18, 19, 20, which seems like an unrealistic, unrealistic expectation, but we know what this team's capable of. Right, and I think that's where Coach Gasso's frustration is stemming from, uh, is that, like, mm, just good enough. Just good enough. And I feel like she's always had the message and always been around players and had players that are just like, I want to be great. I want to be great. I want to be great. She recruits you, and on that phone call, if she, if you think it's a prank call or not, she's like, yeah, we're recruiting you because you want to be great. Like, you're going to come here and you're going to be great. You're not going to come here and just be good enough. No one comes to OU softball to just be good enough. That's not fun. So I feel like that's where, like, that frustration, she's going to have to, like, light that fire under their butts. I feel like that's where it's going to really stem from. And and kind of, I hope they just pick something out this weekend in Mary Nutter. And if I have to be that someone, and if I have to start picking on them at, at Mary Nutter, I'll start heckling them. I don't care. I, I, that's what I'm going to do if that's going to light a fire and we're going to have some 20 to zero run rolls. I'll, I'll, I'll lay down. I'll lay down and be the sacrificial lamb. Yardbird Alex Straco. Not something I had on my bingo card this year, but maybe it's in, in the cards. Uh, something else that she touched on just really quickly. Um, she talked about McNeese State's like warm up, uh, just as far of like how um, regimented it was, how uh, she said it was not like militaristic, but like the military, like you would assume is, is that everyone's in line, all that stuff. I was kind of like laughing to myself because she talked about how that is how that's what it looks like. That's what she wants it to look like. And I, in my head was going back to the women's college world series media day last year. So what that's like for us is we talked to a couple of you guys and then you guys go out and have your practice on hall of fame. And I, I don't know if this was because the rain was about to come in. So you guys didn't know how much time you were going to have and you were trying to fit it in or whatever. But I watched every team roll through. I'm not picking on anybody, but the past couple of years, I've seen the Oregon States, who are very, very happy to be there, go through practice. I've seen Florida State and Oklahoma State's style, which is a very, it's not disorganized. It's not lazy. But Lonnie Alameda and Kenny Gajewski are very much a, I'm trying to bring chill vibes. Like everyone knows that you're stepping into Oklahoma's house when you when you step onto that. And so it felt very much like the relax. Everyone can win on this field. It's not, Oklahoma's not the only one allowed to win a World Series, stuff like that. And Oklahoma rolls out there and it's, Patty Gasso, JT Gasso, Jin Rocha. It's you look out there and I'm just like, holy cow, they did more work in like 30 minutes than I've done at any point in my life the last two weeks. And you just and you're just like, that is why they win national championships, and that is why everyone else is very, very good, but is chasing the pack. And so I just thought it was interesting that there was another team that Patty Gasso looked to and was like, that's what I want. Because the, the last time I've got to see a practice, which is few and far between, that's what it looked like. And I was like, oh yeah, that's why they win. That because look, they got more work in than everyone else has gotten. Uh, and they did it in half the time because it was raining. Right, and I think that also just goes back to keeping your house in order that Coach emphasizes. She's very particular about like those kinds of sessions of practices, um, whether that's in front of media or not. Um, another big thing that she's like a big kind of stickler about is the around the horn, like after an out, after a strikeout. Um, so like this weekend, I saw, I think, someone, I forget who it was, drop a ball on the around the horn, and I was like... <gasps> On the couch, like I even like went into like player mode of oh crap, she dropped the ball on the around the horn, which is it does not affect the game as, but it does, it does, but it doesn't because it has that energy, that Christmas, that crispness, and then just like of 
the sure-footed way of doing things, and I feel like that's what Oklahoma is, is like you said, the blueprint of it all, the the, the team that everyone's chasing. So I feel like a, that's another part of like Coach's frustration is she's seeing that from another program, and it's not hers. Um, so I feel like that's going to be a big thing that they take care of this this week of practice uh, is like those small detail stuff and being focused and getting your house in order. The good news for Oklahoma, this team tends to turn it on when the lights come on. The lights will be on very, very bright this weekend. Whether they're playing UCLA or not, out the Mary Nutter, uh, it's going to be a madhouse. We're going to preview the matchups next. We're also going to go around the horn ourselves in our own little way. We're just taking a little peek around the country. It's going to be pretty Big 12-centric because you don't have to go far outside the Big 12 to find three of the top six teams in the last ranking. Uh, we're going to talk about that. And then, like I said, we'll preview Mary Nutter to close. There's still plenty of show coming up. Ryan Chapman, Alex Drock, Road to OKC. Quick timeout. Be right back. You're listening to the Road to OKC Softball Show with Ryan Chapman and former Sooner National Champion and current OKC Spark pitcher Alex Durocco on your home for the Sooners. 1077, the franchise. to OKC, Ryan Chapman, alongside the great Alex Storacco. Hey, real quick before we dive back in, uh, we've got a bunch of great sponsors here on the road to OKC. One of those is Case & Associates. Find Case, find home. Visit CaseUSA.com for available apartments in your favorite part of OKC. Uh, this is no BS. Like, I live at a Case property. It's the best decision I've made in a really long time. I've loved every second of it. You will love it too. CaseUSA.com. Okay, Mary Dutter coming up. We're going to preview that here in a second. But before we get to that, I do want to touch on uh, two other squads that wear orange in the Big 12, if everyone will permit me. I know, Alex, if, if you if you could see Alex right now, she just, like, almost threw up. It, it was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Last year, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State were number one and number two for a great long run of the season for pro, until Oklahoma State kind of wobbled about this that middle third of Big 12 play. Obviously, they got it back going, made it to the World Series, all that fun stuff. But it looks like we are setting up for a situation once again to have the number one and number two team in the country for a good long time be on a collision course. They also wear orange. It's a little more burnt this go around, though. Mike White's Longhorns, they could, y'all. They, they rolled through the first two weekends. I know a little bit got washed out in St. Pete Clearwater. I think I put this out there after... Uh, the UCLA run rule, maybe, or was it this past week? Whatever. I'm going to Austin like that. I told my boss ahead of time, like, we're headed to Austin. It's going to be a big series. They're going to be really good this year. I didn't think they'd be this good, though, because through two weekends, and it's just two weekends, and we've seen tons of teams that come out and peak in February and early March, and it doesn't really matter. Let's see. I'm going to use the right words. Texas has the best resume in college softball right now. I think if, if we're going to dip into my football, they have the best through two weekends, which is like a smidge of, of the season. But Texas has been really, really impressive. It's okay to say that Oklahoma is the number one team in the country and Texas has also been impressive. I think those two things can exist at the same time. Am I wrong? Whatever you say, Ryan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have not been a popular figure around for being like, hey, like, Texas is really good. And you know what? You know what? The last time Oklahoma wasn't the number one team in the country, they beat UCLA 14 to nothing. I think that you had a part of that. I wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to manufacture some controversy with one poll coming out and putting Texas at, at number one. Like I said, lighten some fire into the butts. So I don't know. 
You said some fighting words this weekend while watching some softball, and I, I was like him and hawing over over this message, and I was like, "Why well, you can't really fight it?" But well, that's what they the Texas they do fight. I, I know that you haven't been around this rivalry as long as some of the other ones, but the Texas and fight they they are very comfortable with uh, those two things squished together. For sure, I'm just glad that it's just it's just going to cause a great product of softball. Yes, that's what I'm here for, right? It's what is it? Red <laughs> and McCombs. There, I can't even remember their field name. It's it's the husband and wife McCombs field. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun in April. I just hope that I have no doubt that Oklahoma will be playing uh, their best softball come that time. I hope that Texas can sustain it because it'll be a great show. And we've talked about. Um, I think the Big Twelve has a chance to be really, really good this year with Oklahoma State. They wobbled a little bit against Georgia. I think a really big sleeper team too would be UCF. Yes. they don't have like the wins, but they definitely have that tough, tough schedule that um, can maybe prepare them for the long run, which I'm excited to see um, just like how they <clears throat> wear out and stuff. But also um, I know this weekend in Mary Nutter BYU will be there. So I'm definitely going to have a peek at them um, just because I haven't really dove into them yet, but um, I'm excited about the big 12. I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to see just kind of, how conference goes, where it all kind of ends up, and the the new coming um, teams and how they'll kind of lay out within this next conference era. Yeah, because uh, we talked a little bit off air about just neither of us knowing a lot about BYU, frankly, and then being out there. UCF obviously kind of burst onto the scene two years ago when they came to Norman uh, for the Norman Super Regional, not last year, but two years ago. And, and then uh, Baylor with, with Orm, what, what she can do, uh, if, if that is... Baylor's got to find the consistency. They, they've been up. They've been down. I don't know what to make of them because, like, I'm not going to ding anybody for losing to Tennessee a couple of times the first week. I think Tennessee's also very, very, very good. Uh, and so a couple of weekends, I need to see a little bit more of that. And then um, back to Oklahoma State, like, they had the, the really tough game against Georgia where, like, Kenny, you got you to gotta figure out the defense thing again. Um, and, and then they fell behind against Wisconsin and then fired back, did a really good job there. Lost the game to LSU. Then the back half of the weekend got washed. Kenny Kayeski and Tim Walton, obviously very, very close. No one knows anything about those two guys. They've got some rings together. Weird how that happens. You can have a legacy at one spot and a legacy at the other spot, and they exist at the same time. Imagine that. It's crazy. Anyway, those two uh, got together, and, and a phenomenal performance from Lexi Kilfoyle uh, in Gainesville on Monday night. Someone that's kind of struggled, I think, to, to start the season. I wonder how much Lexi Kilfoyle is kind of chasing some of the stuff we talked about with some of the Oklahoma pitchers, nerves, things like that, as someone who was really, really good last year for, for Oklahoma State in spots and then didn't have the first weekend, really weekend and a half that she wanted, but she seemed to really stabilize in Gainesville. Yeah, I think she also just has some really big shoes to fill as well and just kind of stepping up in that in that just kind of role that she has for Oklahoma State. So um, I know they pulled off the win tonight against Stetson um, down in Florida too. Um, so I think they're just going to be gritty down the road with just kind of packing their their schedule with some tough teams and seeing how it all plays out. Oklahoma State camped out in Tampa this weekend, I believe. Not a bad run of that. I would like that schedule. St. Pete Clearwater, hang out in Tampa, or go Puerto Vallarta to Palm Springs two weekends later. I think both are pretty dope. And the competition in Palm Springs is going to be a ton of fun. We've talked about it a bunch. Not the UCLA matchup. We didn't get the Nebraska matchup, which would have had a little bit taken out of it now. But uh, a really fun one against Mississippi State. It's Mississippi State and Wisconsin. That's your Friday slate. Uh, Mississippi State snuck in at number 25 in the NFCA poll. They're up to 20 across some polls. I use the NFCA, but that's just me. Um, it, Sam Ricketts, I think everyone kind of knows what she brings to the table. 
you talked about this last week, and, and Patty Gasso echoed that, that they're like not afraid. They're pretty aggressive. They'll come after you. Um, Wisconsin, the uh, other game on Friday night, the second end of that doubleheader, Peyton Monticelli came in from Wisconsin. Then you turn around the Saturday game, San Diego State. They were in, were they in the Utah Super Regional last year. Weren't they in the UCLA Regional? Well, didn't they dump UCLA out of the regional and then it yeah. was Supers that they yeah. went to Utah? Yes, I, that's what it was. I should have had that up in front of me, but I'm pretty sure on that. And then Sunday, come back around to Seattle and Loyola Marymount. Loyola Marymount, a team that Oklahoma plays pretty often, it feels like, whether it's the Mark Campbell or uh, the Marine Nutter. But when you look across these five teams, um, Mississippi State's the one that has the numbers beside it as far as the rankings. But what are you kind of looking for as uh, a pretty diverse set of uh, opponents for Oklahoma this weekend? Yeah, no, I'm excited. I think this is a little bit more of a diverse kind of schedule for the weekend, which I'm kind of excited for. It's not a typical, like you said, UCLA matchup. Um, But Mississippi State, we played them last year. Um, They brought a lot of just kind of attitude to the field. Like they kind of were like, yep, this is our house kind of deal. So I'm excited to see that matchup. They had the SEC pitcher in the week of Aspen Wesley. She has some great numbers when I looked into it. Um, and then just has a lot of, they have four players hitting above 400 right now, um, which is kind of like awesome when it comes down to it. They have a ton of RBIs, a couple home run hitters. We know Mississippi State kind of breeds that big uh, long ball swing. So I'm excited to see kind of with a lineup that has some big hitters that are returners. Um, we didn't really see that too much out of like Washington or um, maybe Duke is probably the closest one, but obviously first weekend. Um, so when you have numbers that are kind of backing it up, I'm excited to see that kind of matchup. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe Kelly or Nicole maybe taking that one just um, with the experience and the first game of the Nutter and, and that kind of atmosphere. Um, I think Wisconsin's going to be another fun one just because they kind of gotten scrappy. I remember obviously coming from Big Ten and I was texting some old teammates while at Michigan and while watching Wisconsin play at the St. Pete Clearwater Tournament, just like, where is Wisconsin coming from? Because this was not a thing when we played in the Big Ten and stuff. So it was cool to see that they had some tough games against some pretty big names. Georgia, they took to 10 innings, which um, is exciting. Um, Georgia was ranked number three. Georgia can mash, too. They, Absolutely. They're outstanding. Yeah, they came close with Kentucky, who Kentucky take, took two games from Stanford. Uh, they played Oklahoma State, UCF, Washington, some star-studded kind of lineup to kind of prepare them almost for this game in a way. Um, this is kind of be a really good game. Uh, that late night factor, I think, is going to be added in. Um, Ryan and I talked about earlier um, on our own and just talk about that San Diego State matchup. They have that experience. They have that kind of schedule help in, in a way. Um, they beat Kentucky, which is um, a big game as well. They lost a close one to Stanford um, and played Oregon and A&M. They have that kind of a little bit of a deeper pitching staff in a sense. Um, so I'm excited to see kind of that game as well, um, just because San Diego State lately has been known for a little bit more of the upset lately. So that'll be a good one. Seattle has some good games. Loyola Marymount has always been a scrappy team in, in my years of playing them. So um, I think they'll also bring just a great product to the to the field as well and exciting for, honestly, all five of these games. I think I have a little bit more of a bias because I'll be there. Yeah. Not to rub it in, but well, yeah. You you have a very important duty this weekend. Um, 
There has been a war of words. There's been a gauntlet laid down, and the theater for this has been the Franchise Morning Show. So on Mondays, we catch up with our Sooner Review, brought to you by Riverwind. That either is Kinsey Hansen or Jada Coleman. Kinsey, a California kid, right? Someone that Patty Gasso has talked about, that the Marionette is a huge deal, especially to those Californians, that this is like the big event. She brought to Eddie and I's radar the uh, tri-tip sandwich, the barbecue, it's just barbecue tri-tip sandwich, one of those things that uh, she always remembered as a youth. We talked to JT Gasso every single Tuesday, and so we, we asked JT Gasso about that. JT Gasso insinuated that it might be a little bit of California barbecue situation. So we have to send you the tie goes to Starocco because I, I have it on good authority Kenzie Hansen's not the only player from California who feels some type of way about these sandwiches. So you not only do I think you have to uh, get one and review it for us, I think this needs to be like a central part of your whole TikTok strategy for the week. Like I think there needs to be a you're you're purchasing the sandwich, you're getting the lemonade with it. There needs to be some sort of taste and there needs to be an immediate like you've taken a bite. Here's the review. Let's let's do a jump cut. Okay, it's all the way through. Did it hold up to the front? Like I, I think that this needs to be some wall to wall coverage of uh, the barbecue uh, sandwich offerings at the Marinetta Collegiate Classic. I, this has to happen. Well, not only do I bring these this research about the games upcoming and what was the review of the last weekend, I also did some digging and some research and asking around about this yes. before I head out there. It's been noted that I must have a, a lemonade. Along with the sandwich. Okay. I've also had some requests of sneaking some sandwiches and some uh, okay. some softball bags. So we'll see if the secret missions follow through because I'm, I don't want to get yelled at. But I, I do have to ask this question. I don't mean to offend. And so I hope that none is taken. But what's the barbecue scene like in Illinois? Do Can we can we trust you? Have, have you been... Uh, indoctrinated into uh, this is not a shot of Illinois, this is more of a shot of California actual barbecue so that you can that we know that we have an unbiased observer here, someone that, that can deliver us great information I feel like I have a well-rounded good, I I know that you're locked in with some Carolina barbecue, we don't have to talk about it, but I, I know you're, you're very exposed to Carolina barbecue as well, which is different but also good, I trust South Carolina specifically with the barbecue offering, like i Charleston, fantastic food city, all that stuff. So I, I have some faith, but... I'm also bringing my dad to help. Okay. I'm going to make him help me okay. kind of get some gist. He's got some Exhale. A little extra seasoning under his ears, so hopefully that'll help with the review. But I will I will be very honest, and I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm very always honest about I can't wait. my that, reviews. That's why we were very, very happy when you signed on. We knew that uh, you're going to be very honest. Uh, something, though, you, you're not going to have to wait until next Wednesday for that review. Just a little programming note. Uh, the next couple of weeks, the OU sports schedule kind of moves us around a little bit. OU men's basketball plays next Wednesday. Contracting issues, not going to get into it, but like we, we cannot air our show on Wednesday. We, we have Oklahoma basketball, as they'll be in Ames. So we're actually going to be on Monday. Monday night is when Alex Straco will review the barbecue sandwich as well as everything else that happened in the college softball world alongside me. Uh, the next week, the Oklahoma plays a game on Wednesday, softball. So, obviously, it doesn't make sense. Oh, it's also Alex's birthday, we, and she was like, I'm not working on my birthday. That's not happening, Ryan. It, no. And, and so, uh, the next two weeks will be on Monday. So, look for us. We're, we're going to have a ton of social media stuff to remind you. Monday, 7 p.m. 
We'll slide back to Wednesdays. I think there's only three shows total that we get off of Wednesday because of contract issues, but just want to put that out there. So uh, you won't have to wait very much longer. Monday is when we will be back on. Alex will have everything from her experience at the, at the Mary Nutter. And uh, I'm just going to weep because I'm just super jealous. I, but that's okay. Yeah. No, I'm excited and I'll, I'll live for you. Please do. Please do. <laughs> It'll be a big week next week as well as uh, we march toward Love's Field opening up. So it should be a ton of fun. On the way out the door, don't forget, uh, big shout out to Riverwind. They're a huge sponsor to us as well. Uh, they've got some great shows coming up. One of those that I'm super excited about. Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan is going to be at Riverwind on stage March 23rd. Tickets start at $83. There are two show times, 5 p.m., 8 p.m. So hit up Riverwind to see if you can slide in there. But Alex, that's all the time we've got today. Thank you for, as always, putting up with just everything that is us, frankly. And uh, can't wait to talk to you on Monday, get back to that. And uh, I'm very, very much looking forward to next week as we'll have a ton to dive into with Love's Field and everything that's going to come along with that. So should be a ton of fun. But for Alex Straco, for our man Dave Meyer, doing a great job keeping us on air. I'm Ryan Chapman. This has been The Road to OKC. Stick with us. We'll talk to you next week.